0: Music has always been the soundtrack to every revolution.
1: Drea De Noor is a singer, pianist, and music producer
0: based in Buffalo, New York. Like, even if you go back to a plantation, right, where you have enslaved persons, what got them through wasn't just merely faith. They actually literally sang.
1: And today, Drea says, music is still central to revolutions, to protest movements, to anti-violence campaigns. And she's one of the many artists writing songs for the moment. These lyrics may strike a chord for you. I'm
2: a I
0: can't breathe Get these demons off of me Got the needle my neck I'm on the land
1: If you've been following the anti-police brutality movement in the U.S. over the past year, you'll recognize the parallels between Drea's words and the story of George Floyd. He was killed when a Minneapolis police officer knelt on his neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. George called out for his late mother while he slowly suffocated to death, and while other police officers failed to intervene. Now the song Mama Please, made by Drea De Chicago activist Rami Neshashibi, and Louisville Councilman Ja'Cory Arthur, has become a tribute to his memory. It's also become an anthem for police reform. Today, we're bringing you the first in what will be a series of episodes this year about how music has the power to unite, heal, support, and change a community. The artists behind Mama Please Say the song aims to do just that. It's become the musical beacon for something called Carriel's Law, new legislation that requires that police officers intervene to stop colleagues from committing brutality. I sat down with Dreya to talk about how the song and that movement got linked. I'm Malika Bilal and this is the Take. This album, This Love Thing, is a collaboration between you and Chicago artist and activist Rami Nashashibi. He's the executive director of an organization called Iman, the Inner City Muslim Action Network. So how did this collaboration come to be?
0: I am one of the artists on the Iman's artist roster. So Rami and I have known each other for about four years. And Rami sent a project to me, just an idea he had for a song, and he asked me to take a listen, and I did. And the way my gift works is like when I hear something, I either hear additional music and sounds to it, or I don't. When he sent it to me, I immediately connected to it, and I I was in the studio at the time. And so I decided to record my vocals, and I played the piano. And when I sent it back to him, I think he was just... It moved him and inspired him to want to further develop that particular song and then inspired him to continue writing.
1: Rami says he was on a work trip when he got the voice memo back from Drea, and inspiration hit immediately.
2: I went back to the hotel and saw a memo from Drea she had happened to be at the end of a recording studio session and decided to give me the first iteration of a song on the album called I'm Down. Oh, I'm down. I was so utterly and completely blown away by it, as was anyone I played it to, um, that I knew we had something. And Dre immediately knew we had something. And lo and behold, uh, that process uh, just Evolved, and one song kind of just led to the other, and
0: before you knew it, we had an album.
2: After a period of a year, we had nine songs and a full album that had an undergirding theme of, you know, these different expressions of love—spiritual love and, you know, very intimate love, brokenness in love, celebration of love—and that's really the story of uh, how it evolved.
1: So, Mama Please is the first single off the album. Where did the inspiration for that song come from?
0: Rami wrote that song. I just helped to produce the music to that song. And he says he was definitely inspired by what happened to George Floyd.
1: Rami started writing Mama Please in May 2020, just after George Floyd was killed. The song's lyrics weave together some of George Floyd's last words, with other stories as well. Like that of Breonna Taylor a 26-year-old woman who police shot and killed in Louisville, Kentucky, last March. She was asleep in her bed at the time. In the song, Rami also mentioned injustices abroad.
2: The storytelling of Mama Please really begins with the first confrontation that I've ever had as a young person with military police-type violence, and that, of course, is as a young Palestinian— I visited family in the West Bank and Ramallah and strip-searched as a 10-year-old. Little Mahmoud don't way to school So start with the story of Little Mahmoud Boy, don't you move. and then, you know, transition, of course, to the gut-wrenching stories of young Latino children at the border being separated from their families, put in cages. Dogs off the leash,
0: Maria Be-
2: and from there, then linking it to the story of George Floyd, Brianna, and of course, I didn't write those lyrics Jacory Arthur. I mean, he wrote all those lyrics.
1: Jacory Arthur is an activist, professor of music, and now also a politician in Louisville, Kentucky. In a few weeks, he'll be sworn in as the city's youngest Metro Council member ever. But for the purposes of this discussion, he's first and foremost a hip-hop artist.
2: He sat with the song for two weeks while he was actually running for office and was meditating on the way to make the connection and just beautifully, I think, brings to life George Floyd's connection to Brianna Taylor, to the stories of the young... Palestinian on the West Bank, or a young Latino kid in a cage, and to all human beings across the planet. I think was the intention of the song that although there is a dark and deep suffering and pain in the song, there's still a hopeful longing.
1: The lyrics of Mama Please cast a wide net. The song was triggered by events in the U.S., but the final product is global, and the lyrics are heavy.
0: Drea says the song
1: strikes a balance between mourning and hope.
0: I think it's important for people to know that we are experiencing this together. This grief, like we're grieving together. And so if we are to heal, it must be done together. And music can help us do that the way it always has. Like in African villages, that is how communication happened. It was through sound and movement, which we, we call music. And so if you wanted to communicate to another village, you would start to, you would hear African drums and a certain drum would mean a certain thing. And so I think that this mode of communication that music is, is also our way of calling to the other villages to say, I hear you. I feel you. I'm grieving with you and together we can heal.
1: So Mama Please was written in the spring, produced over the summer, and released in October as the first single off the album This Love Thing. Along the same timeline, there was a growing push for the passage of Carriel's Law in Buffalo, New York, where Drea lives. It aims to hold Buffalo police officers accountable for each other and is named after a former police officer and now activist named Cariel Horn. Cariel Horn says she was fired from the police department more than 10 years ago for intervening when a fellow officer was choking a handcuffed suspect. Cariel Horn is still fighting to clear her name.
0: Cariel Horn says the image of George Floyd dying at the hands of police is triggering. For
1: the past decade, Cariel Horn's life has consistently circled back to an incident that happened in 2006.
3: On November 1st, 2006, I stopped Gregory Kwiatkowski from choking Neil Mack.
1: Officer Horn, who is Black, Officer Kwiatkowski, who's white, and several other officers were called to the home of Neil Mack to resolve a domestic disturbance. Neil Mack is a Black man, and Carol Horn was the only Black officer on the call.
3: There was a incident inside of the house where Gregory Kwiatkowski was punching Neil Mac in the face while he was handcuffed, and I helped push him out of the house. And once we got outside of the house and we were going to our vehicles, Gregory Kwiatkowski just turned Neil Mac around and started choking him. That's when I yelled to him, Greg, you're choking him, thinking that his adrenaline was still going from whatever happened inside the house prior to me coming on the scene. And then once I grabbed his arm from around Neil Mack's neck, he punched me in the face. And then I tried to defend myself, and two officers got between us, and two officers pulled me back. Officer Horn says Officer Kwiatkowski punched her so forcefully that she
1: needed dental surgery afterwards. She also had to contend with a string of administrative charges from the police department.
3: I was charged with several different charges. Harassment, obstructing. Three charges were for me going on a public access show. But each of the charges were false.
1: The police department accused Officer Horn of endangering her colleagues by stepping in the way she did. They added more charges when she went on news shows to tell her side of the story. There was an investigation in which many of the officers gave conflicting testimonies. Then, Cariel Horn was fired. She says,
3: I mean, they were trying to cover up their wrongdoing and not cross that blue line of silence.
1: Gregory Kwiatkowski faced no charges or repercussions for his actions that day. In a separate case, he was sent to prison years later for using excessive force against four Black teenagers. For Officer Horn, the 14 years since her firing have been defined by two main fights one that's personal and one that's societal both have progressed over the past year with help from Dreya Denure and Rami Nashashibi Officer Horn's personal fight is for her pension she was just one year away from receiving her full retirement fund after firing her the department refused to give her that money she fought and lost a legal battle for the pension this year Iman the group led by Rami persuaded a Chicago law firm to help Officer Horn reopen the case.
3: The latest in my legal fight for my pension will happen on January 15, 2021, 3 p.m. in Supreme Court.
1: The New York State Supreme Court, that is.
3: I'm not exactly sure how it's going to happen because of COVID, so I'm not sure if it'll be in person or on Zoom, but I did request that it be public. And her
1: societal fight is for Carriel's Law, which demands that officers intervene when they see their colleagues using deadly violence. It also requires that departments protect so-called good apples when they speak up. Officer Horn first started campaigning for the law years ago in her hometown of Buffalo. Andrea was inspired to join the cause when she saw Officer Horn's response to George Floyd's death. I saw the
0: way she was so hurt and distraught by George Floyd's murder, she created
3: this video and put it online. Hi, I've been trying to do this video for a minute now, but I keep getting teary-eyed. She was
0: crying. She couldn't even barely get through the video. It was so heartbreaking. I think about George Floyd and how he didn't have to die. And I was just like, man, we need a law because that would mandate that officers do what she naturally did. And if they didn't, there should be consequences for it.
1: So Drea joined the team of people helping make Carol's Law a reality in Buffalo. And with the pension fight and legislative campaign both underway, Drea and Rami invited Officer Horn to join their musical project as well.
0: I asked Drea about that. We were smack dab in the middle of this fight to get O's Law passed. And some of the leadership here in Buffalo had communicated publicly on, you know, some interviews that they've done all that they could do to help her and things like that. And we didn't necessarily agree with that. We felt like she has a good chance of getting justice and she just needs some people to work with her to just and stay consistent with her to just really get it done. It was just like, if we're going to be pushing this song to get worldwide attention then it just makes sense to just attach the National Park for Carriol's Law to this move because it was all the same thing.
1: The Mama Please music video ends with a call for people to support Carriol's Law. It came out in early October. At the end of the month, the mayor of Buffalo signed the law into existence. But Officer Horn says her work is not over.
3: Myself and the Carials Law team have talked to uh, people in different cities, so we would like to have Karyo's Law become a national law or a federal law, but we're working now to have it pushed as a state law in several different states.
1: Drea and Rami hope their song helps gain traction for the national Karyo's Law movement, or helps sway specific states to pass the legislation. They also invited Officer Horn to be in the music video itself, Throughout the last minute of the song, you see her marching, posing with other activists, holding her grandchildren. Drea says she and Rami wanted to honor Officer Horn as a person,
0: not just a symbol. Rami often says that we're really good at hashtagging people after they've passed, but to actually honor somebody, honor the living legacy of somebody while they're still alive, is such a beautiful offering. So that's why I believe we were able to do by Dedicating this song to her and then actually putting her in the video with some of her children and grandchildren is something that she'll always have.
1: Let's talk about the video because I watched it and I got chills. And then I watched it again because I, I almost couldn't believe what I was seeing. It just It's so powerful. On the one hand, I feel as cliche as this sounds, my heart was soaring watching it. But then on the other hand, I feel almost depleted. Like, it's very, it's hauntingly sad as well because it is the reality of life in America for so many Black people. So what was that like for you
0: and when you saw the finished product? What did you think? I just felt like it was powerful when I watched it. I'm like, this is a powerful video and this is a timely video and this needs to get out right now. That's what. That was my first thought. This is really powerful and I was just happy that I could be a part of, like, such an important time in history. I want to make music that people feel healed by. Like, when you feel heartbroken, like, what do you listen to? I know God gave me this gift, and I'm very honored that I can offer up a sound that is healing to people. And that's what I'm told constantly that the music is healing for people. See, sometimes people can't heal because they don't know how to say this hurts and this is where it hurts and this is why it hurts, you know? And so that's what I do through my music. And I think when you can acknowledge the source of the pain and the depth of the pain, then I think you can begin to take steps to heal and, I believe that my gift was given to me to help aid that process.
1: So finally, where can people find the album and how can they support Cariel's cause?
0: The this Love Thing album is streaming everywhere. So you can go to our website, which is thisLoveThing.com. There's a link right at the top that tells you, and you can watch the video there. You can uh, find links to our album there as well. And there's a national cause for Cariel's Law. So if you want to join that, Join the petition, join our emailing list. You can go to carrioleslaw.com.
1: And that's the take. Before we go, we just wanted to take a minute to say goodbye to the woman who's been our inspiring, driven, and lovably nerdy leader from day one. Graylyn Brashear has been part of Al Jazeera's audio team since 2017. She helped develop the take from scratch. And as Al Jazeera's head of audio, she's led us through our official launch, our growth to three times a week, our first live event on election night last year, and so much more behind the scenes. She's moving on to a new venture, but Graylin, we're going to miss you terribly, and we'll do our best to make you proud. This episode was produced by Priyanka Tilvey and me, Malika Bilal, with help from Tina Kispe, Negin Odi, Alexandra Locke, Amy Walters and Ney Alvarez. Natalia Aldana manages our social media pages, and she'll be tweeting out links to more info about the This Love Thing album and Cariel's Law. We're at AJ The Take on Twitter and Instagram. Alex Roldan is our team's sound designer, especially important for music episodes like today's. And Stacey Samuel is The Take's executive producer. We'll be back.